today, John Baker of MITRE joins us to talk about threat-informed defense, the latest in cyber R&D, and how organizations can collaborate on threat research. All this and more on the CyberJack Podcast. John, thanks so much for joining us today. To kick things off, could you share a bit more about your background and what you're focused on at MITRE? Yeah, absolutely. And, and first off, thanks a lot for having me. Um, I'm excited to get to, to sit down and talk with you about threat informed defense and all that we do here at MITRE Ingenuity and MITRE. So I've been at MITRE for nearly 20 years. Um, and in that time, I've, I've had, I think of it as really several different careers. Um, I started out as a software engineer working on a, a vulnerability assessment capability under a, a research project for the government. Um, you know, since then, I've had a number of different roles where there was a sort of a common theme to those roles, um, you know, doing work on behalf of various U.S. government sponsors to kind of lay um, sort of foundations for innovation across the cybersecurity community. And so that was a, a lot of work um, in partnership with sort of thought leaders, sophisticated cybersecurity companies and cybersecurity teams really from across the, the industry. And, you know, these days, what, what I've done is with a, a colleague, we built out what's the called, we call the Center for Threat Informed Defense. Um, and what we're trying to do at the Center for Threat Informed Defense is kind of shift that model from, you know, where I had been uh, working under U.S. government sponsorship with industry to create a whole new venue to collaborate with industry to advance and accelerate the development of cybersecurity capabilities for the whole world. Um, we've created this kind of unique nonprofit that brings sophisticated cybersecurity teams together, um, works together to understand what are the most pressing problems that we ought to solve, how should we solve them, actually working together to solve them, and our industry partners uh, fund the work that we do. When we're finished with work within the Center for Threat Informed Defense, we we're a nonprofit, and our mission is to advance threat informed defense globally. So everything we do has an eye or a goal of creating capability that the whole community can use openly, freely to advance cyber defense. That's great. So could you talk a bit more about the Center for Threat Informed Defense at MITRE and what that means within the context of the overall cybersecurity landscape? So... You know, as I said, we, we created this organization called the Center for Threat Informed Defense. And in, in doing that, we wanted to create a, a focus. Um, and so, as, as you may know, you know, MITRE created and launched uh, the MITRE Attack Framework. Um, and what, what we saw was organizations really wanting to accelerate the development of MITRE Attack. MITRE Attack gives you this sort of common framework um, for or common vocabulary for talking about adversary behaviors. And it's at this point really used um, by security teams all around the world, by cybersecurity companies to um, allow them to communicate more effectively about what specific threats looking at adversary behaviors they're able to defend against, they're able to detect, they're seeing in threat intel reporting. And really allows for a much more precise um, set of communication and, and activities around cyber defense. Well, what we found was there was a set of organizations that really wanted to accelerate the development of attack. And we're working on problems kind of in and around operationalizing attack. You know, how do I use attack properly in threat intel reporting and analysis? Or, you know, if I'm running a red team, what's the right way to use attack as I put together a red team scenario? Or, you know, maybe you're thinking about doing adversary emulation. 
right? And so we, we found that there was this common set of problems and challenges that teams were interested in collaborating with others on. And so as we looked at that sort of the scope of work around attack and understanding adversary behaviors and developing capabilities around there, we, we arrived at, you know, a name for that. And so we called it threat informed defense. And so today we say threat informed defense is that um, systematic approach to understanding adversary behaviors and using the knowledge and that understanding of adversary behaviors to improve your defenses. Right. And so within the Center for Threat Informed Defense, our mission is to advance threat informed defense. And we do that through our research program where we're trying to improve the whole community's understanding of adversary behaviors. And we're trying to use that knowledge to create foundational resources that enable defenders to apply that uh, threat intel to their defenses. That sounds extremely useful for the organizations looking to advance their cybersecurity capabilities. So to double click, what kind of research and development is the center currently working on today? So we recently published our 2023 R&D roadmap. Um, if you take a look at our roadmap there, what you'll see is the way we kind of break down the whole research program around advancing threat informed defense is around three core problem areas. Um, when I think of threat informed defense, there's three core components to it. It's the intel side of it. So um, it kind of leads to a focus on understanding, tracking, and managing um, adversary behaviors from an intel perspective. So what we want to do within the Center's research program is we want to make it easier for organizations to operationalize Threat Intel products. Um, there's a lot of really good Threat Intel products out there and available, uh, whether it's um, free and open source Intel um, resources or if it's, you know, paid uh, Intel feeds that you might get from a vendor, right? Um, there's a lot of great products out there, but for many teams, it's very difficult to consume and, you know, action or operationalize those Intel products. We want to make it much easier. We want to create products that are tailored to uh, specific user needs, recognizing that different classes of users have different needs. We want to make it so that um, those products, not only are they you know, better aligned with user needs from the uh, sort of upstream Intel producers. But uh, for the consumers, it's a lot easier to take them into their organization and action them, right? And then the second component or problem area within our research program is around test and evaluation. So based on that knowledge of adversary behaviors, we want to make it much easier for organizations to apply that kind of adversary perspective to how they evaluate their defensive capabilities. Um, so this uh, gives you this lens with which you can look at your defensive capabilities based on specific adversary behaviors that are relevant to your organization. Um, and, you know, here too, you look across the community and for most organizations, it's far too uh uh, sort of resource intensive and challenging to really do continual kind of test and evaluation of your cybersecurity posture. What we want to do is identify the gaps and barriers that make it difficult to make it resource intensive and knock those down. So it's much easier for the whole community to test and evaluate from that adversary perspective. And then, you know, the third area of focus for us is kind of taking all those pieces and putting it together to improve your defensive capabilities. So we think 
Threat intel um, is one core problem area. Um, test and evaluation is the other problem area. And then the third problem area is defensive measures. Um, and this very much aligns with that concept of threat informed defense. It's ultimately about driving change to our defensive capabilities. And so we do a lot of research to help organizations understand how existing security capabilities um, align with or map to um, known adversary behaviors out of MITRE ATT&CK. And then we've also been doing research into helping security teams um, improve the quality of detections that they create and, and use within their organizations to hopefully create uh, more resilient detections, as an example. So we have a fairly rich research program around trying to improve and advance defensive measures for the whole community. So what are some of the challenge areas that you see with threat-informed defense? Yeah, um, I figure I'll, I'll highlight a couple of examples here that are some of my favorites. Um, so going back to that sort of division or that problem area of trying to make threat intel more actionable, but also um, kind of tying back to defensive measures. Uh, within our research program, um, we had uh, one of our member organizations reach out and, and kind of explain that they leverage attack heavily within their security program. They kind of track their defensive posture um, with attack. So they kind of map their security capabilities to the MITRE ATT&CK framework and they make this nice heat map. But that that's really not very effective for communicating to leadership about their overall defensive posture. And it doesn't align well with a lot of the requests or questions they get from leadership about, you know, for this latest ransomware attack, you know, are we covered? What's our defensive posture look like against this latest attack that, that's sort of in the news or that's kind of hitting up some of our peer organizations? To be able to answer that sort of question, we kicked off a research project that led to um, something that we call attack flow. Attack flow creates a model for representing sequences of adversary behaviors. So where MITRE ATT&CK focuses on the specific adversary behaviors and the details about an individual behavior, ATT&CK flow allows you to link those uh, behaviors together. So you can um, essentially build out a model of, you know, how did a adversary establish initial access? How did they establish persistence within your environment? How did they move laterally? Tracking back to the specific set of behaviors as described in ATT&CK. Um, what this then gives you is the ability to kind of overlay that full attack sequence on top of your attack coverage map, if you're maintaining one of those, right, to start to see how does that sequence of steps that the adversary takes align with my defensive posture. So it allows you to, to have a, a much richer kind of defensive depth in, sorry, defense in-depth strategy. Um, but it, it also gives you the ability to kind of take a look at that and respond back to that leadership inquiry that says, you know, for this latest ransomware attack, where do we stand? You can now describe that attack as a sequence of steps, and you can look at your defensive posture across that sequence of steps and have a much richer conversation with you know, where you actually stand as an organization with regard to that attack. Um, and so, you know, attack flow is sort of out and published now. We've uh, done a couple of rounds of R&D on attack flow. There's a, a really cool uh, web application that we call the Flow Builder that allows any team to come together and um, kind of build out and model um, that sequence of uh, actions that you might see in an attack. Um, 
download that, create visualizations of it. So that's all up and available. And then because of the way we kind of think about problems and the way we think about solving them, you know, we host a bunch of information, but we also make it all open source and freely available. So you can download the Flow Builder and use it within your organization. Um, we have a rich corpus of tools for creating visualizations of attack flows, examples. What I'd like to see us do is we continue to sort of advance attack flow kind of adoption and kind of innovation around attack flow is start to leverage attack flow or, you know, sets of flows. You know, imagine you have, um, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand sequences of adversary behaviors that are based off of what you've seen in the wild. You can use that to start to reason about what you might see next. So I'd like to get to where we can do much more sophisticated threat hunting, where, you know, based off of a particular TTP that you might identify in your environment, what should you look for next? And, you know, maybe based off of a sequence of adversary behaviors, we can also start to do things like um, uh, sort of automatically understand what uh, adversary campaign or particular adversary group might be associated with this to help us as an analyst better understand, well, what might their objectives be? So I think there's a, a lot of opportunity for innovation on top of attack flow um, based off of the, the publication that we have out and the resources we have out today. And so over the next uh, you know, several months and kind of year or probably more, um, you'll see a lot more coming out from us at the Center for Threat and Foreign Defense um, around applying attack flow to solve problems and you know, further enable innovation across the community. So that, that's kind of one of my favorites. Um, there's a bunch of other work going on within the center's research program right now. I think today we're running seven projects in parallel, and uh, I think we've published a total of 24 projects. So if you take a look at our work, we've you know really delivered um, a significant body of work across those three problem areas that we discussed. That's great. And so to shift gears just a bit, how does an organization know when they're at the right level to collaborate and engage with threat-informed defense, research, and development? There's a couple of ways I would answer that. Within our research program, you know, to start with, we're trying to create resources for the whole community. And my hope is that these resources are understood and able to be easily leveraged by the community to improve cyber defenses. Right. So I absolutely have a goal to kind of help spread the word, help people understand our work and apply it. And at the same time, I want to know how people are using it. So the easiest way for an organization to get involved is to simply check out the work that we've published, use it, um, tell us about it um, and help us improve it. So the feedback we get, our understanding of how the work is being applied to solve problems and, you know, where it's maybe falling short or where it could be improved or, you know, where it's being, you know, particularly successful or having a significant impact really helps us shape what we do and how we do it. And I think that that how we do it part is really important. Um, it's important to me that as we continue to advance and evolve our research program, that we're continually thinking about the whole community, not just the most sophisticated security teams out there, the most well-resourced teams. I want to make sure that the resources we create are widely adopted and, you know, maximally impactful, right? So that, that's kind of the foundation. Take a look at the work, leverage the work, um, share how you're using it um, within your organization, and that'll help drive improvement across our research program. And so there's a set of organizations that are 
um, heavily using attack probably today. They're thinking um, about how to evolve and advance uh, the concepts of threat informed defense that are investing in kind of R&D around threat informed defense. And it's, it's those organizations that we're trying to bring together as members of the Center for Threat Informed Defense. Um, our members represent generally, you know, global corporations with sophisticated cybersecurity teams. I've created a venue for technical leaders within those organizations, like the, the head of the Intel team or the head of the detection engineering team or the head of offensive security. So senior technical staff to come together to identify problems and solve them through our collaborative R&D program. And the reason I uh, kind of built the environment for sort of those set of very sophisticated individuals is that I want an environment where just through the, the collaboration among peers there, there's you know direct benefit to the organizations that are participating with us. But I also want an environment where you know our members are very close to the challenges and kind of barriers that they face, um, that, that we all face, really, uh, to uh, more effective and efficient cybersecurity programs. And I, I want to have that venue um, to identify those problems and really systematically, as a group, figure out which are the most pressing problems and solve them. Um, we don't aspire to solve every problem. We don't aspire to do everything through our research program. We're looking to focus on the set of problems that tend to be larger than any one organization. Um, the set of problems that if we tackle that problem will enable innovation across the community, um, that will enable um, sort of direct benefit for the whole community. Our research program um, tries to create practical resources that can be applied today. And so, you know, one of the things that we're working to do with our members is continually um, kind of have an eye on um, sort of the direct applicability of our R&D program. So, you know, these teams should be able to take the work that we've developed in the research program and directly apply it to problems they're facing, but also have the benefit to the whole community. That research sounds like a great jumping off point for a lot of organizations. So to wrap things up, how can organizations participate with the Center of Threat Informed Defense? Yeah, so for uh, organizations, the, the basic model is we're a membership-based organization. So memberships join us, they pay membership dues. And when we created the center, we, we wanted to create this environment for doing collaborative R&D. So what the membership agreement allows us to do is kind of put everybody under a kind of common set of terms and conditions. So it deals with all these sort of legal and contractual barriers that uh, collaboration is, is, is usually a barrier to collaboration, right? So it puts in place that mutual non-disclosure, talks about how we handle intellectual property. And, and it does this so that you do it once when you join the center, and then you don't have to think about it for each and every project. I really want that venue to be a place where, you know, these senior technical leaders can come together um, 
in a sort of a safe space to talk about the problems they face and the t- problems they solve and tackle them through uh, collaborative R&D with other organizations. So if you're interested in joining the center, um, the first step really is, you know, reach out uh, to, to me or through our, our website. Let us know you're interested. We'd be happy to kind of sit down and talk with you about the research program and kind of work to understand a little bit about your organization and kind of help you gauge whether or not um, actively engaging in the center program is a good fit for your organization. There it is. John, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciated all this important information. To all of our listeners, we'll see you next time.